Hello everyone, welcome back to It's Giving with your girl Malu and today we have a special guest. I feel like I was loud into the microphone, but it's okay. We have a special guest today. You want to introduce yourself? I'm Yana. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, VR, period. VR native, right? Yeah, VR native. Born and raised. Yep. We love that. We love that. Interesting, interesting. So what do you do for the community? Who are you? Explain yourself in two sentences. Two sentences? Wow. Um, I make art and mm -hmm. curate a mix. Period, period. We love that. We love that. Wait, and no, that's that it. That was one sentence. That was two sentences. Like, I, I, broke <laughs> I made Look art and... <laughs> that, that that's English teacher. <laughs> but speaking of English teacher, we have my co-host today, my special co-host. She gonna ask some her some of her own questions for Yana today. That's a little little you know. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I don't even think she know, but she gonna ask questions regardless anyways. Yeah. I'm, I'm so, going to yeah, exactly. <laughs> So yes, we have a co-host today, my Jessie, my lover, everything in between. So introduce yourself. And I'm Kyle. Man, this is crazy to record this now too. Mm -hmm. The closing of the Renaissance. Mm -hmm. Like that's that would have been my answer, but now we're on to we got some new ideas going. Mm -hmm. um, and so doing this podcast now, but not being a VR native and mm -hmm. just leaving VR. Right. So we chat with people and all that. Right, so you're based in Memphis, you spend the flock a little couple times. So, um, let's get into it. Let's get into it. I'm gonna pull up some questions for you. Oh my gosh, 444. Whoa. And we're talking about astrology? Like, and we're talking about spirituality? Mm -hmm. Manifestation. Oh, you got your earring on today. That would have been hard. That would have been hard. <laughs> <laughs> the time was 808. We were talking about 808 the other day. I've been, I've been seeing 808 like crazy. Once you said it. <laughs> just resonates yep. oh my gosh okay so me and kaya have been watching uh cosmic love yeah. you've never heard of that no. okay <laughs> I, I figured i figured that's <laughs> i like i've never heard of this a day before in my life and i was like because it's funny because i was thinking about it and i'm like there's no like astrology shows not mm -hmm. even like astrology reality tv but like astrology in general but there's so many podcasts and shit about it so when you brought it up i was just like hmm I like that. So break it down for okay. Cosmic love. So basically, there are four people at like the central, and there is an earth sign, an air sign, a water sign, and a fire sign. And it's a dating show. So they have one person from each element. I don't know if they'll have another season. They probably won't. I feel like <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to speak bad on the show. But because it's on Amazon, I feel like they're going to get less people seeing it. Mm -hmm. And then everyone that I've asked, I'm like, have you seen it? They're like, no. So, yeah. but maybe the promotion. Sponsored, <laughs> <laughs> right? Okay, so they have one person from each element. And then each person is matched with three people based on their chart. Mm -hmm. So like here, who, like, according to astrology, would be a good fit for you in a relationship. So each of the four people has three people. And then all of them, so the four people and their big matches are all put in a house to like live to get like a villa. You know how dating shows are, mm -hmm. they just isolate them, put them on a little romantic island. Yeah. And the goal is to choose their match by the end and like be married or like plan to be married, like find mm -hmm. your soulmate type of thing. Yeah. But they don't tell them who their three matches are. Mm -hmm. So basically, they're supposed to go on dates, they're supposed to mingle, talk to each other to see if they could 
figure out figure it out yeah. who actually matches with them and then see if it matches what it tells them interesting it's very interesting because it's like some of the people on there they'll be like oh you are a cancer or something and you're like yeah that's okay because the girl was crying <laughs> yeah. you are a kid on the like first that. episode but we were noticing they got no Libra or Aries none of that oh, oh, Leo. Leo she's one of the There's main uh, yeah. the main element mm-hmm. yeah she she represents fire for one of the elements that's Leo's that's fact I can't cap <laughs> that is fact I'd say the most fiery fire sign or whatever is Leo yeah. like they represent that like Aries, I think somebody on TikTok kind of like broke it down. They were like, uh, Aries is the earth sign of fire signs mm. type thing like that. And I think Leo's was water, which is interesting. But I just feel like the true epitome of fire is Leo, you know? So the reason why I wanted to talk about this is so we can analyze your birth chart. Do you give me permission? Yes. Pull it up right now. Does CoStar work? I know everybody's like, I mean, CoStar. You, CoStar sucks, but it gives you the information. So. <laughs> We can do that. We're not looking for the horoscopes. Why do you still have co-star then? Right. Because I use it and then everybody's like, oh, it's not very accurate. But I feel like your chart is your chart. So you can still look at it for the chart. But the Nebula app or what was the other one? Time passages. Mm -hmm. um, We were using the pattern for a minute. Yeah, pattern. I I think I deleted it after a while. I don't remember why, but I was like, I deleted mine too. Enough. Enough. They she was you, into it. They would give you so much. Mm-hmm. Like each day, they'd be like, "Here's a chapter to read." And I'm like, "Jesus, okay, <laughs> right?" Yeah. We can do. We're gonna ask. Do you want like a specific? Yeah, we're gonna go by planets and shit like that. So I'm not gonna do an overview because then I'll. Do- okay, so we have. I don't know if it caught it, but we have Yama's birth chart pulled up. So we're gonna talk about obviously your Leo sun or whatever. So. What are like some stereotypes that you get from it? Like, do people automatically perceive you as like that? You know? I think they do, yeah. They're like, oh, you're a Leo. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And how do you respond to it? I think I am. I think I'm like. You're like, I'm a Leo. Leo. Right. That's what I like about y'all because y'all can take the criticism and it'll be fine. Like, the hate is there, but the love is also there too. So. Yeah, but um, okay, well, what would you say about Leo sons? About Leo sons? Yeah. I'm not gonna lie, I don't know Leo too well as a son. Mm-hmm. So it's like the things I know are also mainly like probably the things that you hear of like- The popular shit? Yeah, yeah. so I, I haven't gone too in depth with Leos because I don't know too many Leos. So most of my astrology knowledge, I guess, starts with like someone that I know. Mm-hmm. And then if I notice a pattern, like, oh, I know a lot of Leos. Yeah. They have this in common. But I don't know too many Leos. Like I know like, down to the planets. Mm-hmm. Have you gone into that at all? No. Okay, down to rising and moon. Have you gone into that at all? No, my big three. Okay, you know mm-hmm. the big three. Okay, so yeah. that's where we're starting. Yeah. So what do you think would be like the most interesting for someone that doesn't know what their planets mean? To be like, oh, what's this planet? And then figure it out. So you said what would be the most interesting to find out first? Because I feel like Mars or Mercury is always a go-to. Mine is Mercury and Venus. Like and Venus, my, yeah. The Mars yeah. is... The Mars is so particular because it's just like it's important, like planet of action, how you deal with anger and like impulsive decisions and everything but like Venus, that. We were talking about cosmic love, exactly. Okay. So I feel like Venus is one of the most important planets out there. Like Venus, Mercury, and Moon. I think also people talk about Pluto a lot, but I don't. I don't know. I don't know, I don't know a lot about Pluto. Like 
Like, I really don't. I tried to look up mine. I think we all have similar Plutos because we live in the same generation, kind of. Oh, yeah. That might be one of that goes by like every 10 years or something. Or, I'm not sure. I know a lot of people who have different Plutos. So that's why I'm like, oh. is it one of those? Because I read up on it, it would say like five year type thing. But, what anyways. is your Pluto? Um, yeah, what's your Pluto? Sagittarius. Okay, okay mine's it says too. So, it so it's definitely a generation thing. Okay. Yeah. So some planets, um, like Neptune, uh, Uranus, and Pluto. Oh. Mm -hmm. yeah. It stays in for every 30 years. 30 years. So everyone born within 30 years of us yeah. has Sagittarius. I think the only differentiating factor is your house that it's in. I feel like that's probably what it is. That could be. And I, do you know anything about houses? No. Okay. Well, let's get into it. Let's get okay. into it. What's your moon sign? I'm a... I'm an air I knew that. <laughs> <laughs> I did know that. Okay, I'm an Aries moon. How do you feel like you express your emotions and everything? Because me, just me personally, being an Aries moon, I feel like it's always very impulsive, obviously. That's the word to describe everything. It's very, like, spontaneous. Um very much quick too. So sometimes we don't like to plan or we don't, we just kind of throw ourselves out there. And then whenever it fizzles down or the excitement kind of goes away, we just like, okay, I'm retracting. I'm going to the next thing, you know? So it's like, do you find that hard with like your art and stuff too? Cause yeah, I find it extremely hard. Now that you say that and like, I don't like to plan things a long time ahead of time. Mm -hmm. I'm like, like, I'm going to do this next month. Mm -hmm. and then get it done like I can't do like six months before it's too much time in between yeah it gets room to go wrong mm -hmm. so yeah and it gives room to just like not feel inspired <clears throat> to or something like that let's say you, you make a plan six months ahead and it's like alright I'm gonna follow this through da -da -da -da. Mm -hmm. and you actually follow it through but it didn't give you the the response you wanted or mm -hmm. like it wanted it to but what I'm trying to say is like if you plan too much ahead and you stick to that and you don't allow yourself to gain inspiration within that time or to switch things up or to change it up, it's probably not going to produce the way you want. Okay. I was going to say that's interesting with both of y'all having the Aries because Aries can be very like impulsive. Mm -hmm. And for me, like sometimes I do get that impatience, but for the most part, when I do have an idea or a creative idea or like a plan, I do tend to think very long term. So you said you plan about a month. What? Because I'll be like, I want to do this thing, but I'm going to do it in three years. Mm -hmm. And so I'll be like impatient because I'm like ready for it to be the three years, but I'm still planning like this is for something for me to do in the future. Yeah. Or like um, there was something else you said about if you plan too long, long term, but don't let yourself kind of like move with the plan mm -hmm. or let the plan evolve, that's when you get stuck or lose inspiration. But yeah. At least I try to still like allow the plan to change a little bit or like the way I'm executing the plan to change. Mm -hmm. But like the plan itself, like I still have that same, like this is a long-term goal, but like the way I do it is gonna change. Yeah. Maybe by month or by day. Right. But that's it. You have a cancer moon. Yeah. So that that makes sense. <laughs> it, the structure is interesting. Cause when you look at cancers, they're very chaotic, right? Like, but they they always have structure. Mm -hmm. So it's I mean, like it's, it's it's just very interesting how I can see that because I feel like you definitely like go with the flow.
flow with your opinions too. Mm-hmm. Like you, you still have a very much particular outcome that you want to like have, but yeah, it's like a, it's a nice mix of chaos and structure. So a balance, exactly the balance. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Right. So I really enjoy that a lot because you're very driven too. So yeah, that makes sense. And as for Aries, we're also extremely driven. But it can also be our downfall. I feel like the Aries driven is different because y'all are like go, 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 fast paced driven. Mm-hmm. Like you have an idea, you are doing that idea. Mm-hmm. But like and we're going to try to execute it perfectly. Mm-hmm. Perfectly. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the Cancer Moon driven is like you just see this like future vision that you have. Mm-hmm. Like, wow, this is a cool idea. I'm going to slowly work my way towards it or figure out how I'm going to get there. Mm-hmm. Or I might pick it up, put it down, pick it up, put it down. Yeah. But I feel like Aries is like, once you lose that inspiration, a lot of times it's done. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Once yeah. you are done with an idea and you say, actually, no, I want to do this one instead. Yeah. You're, you switch your focus. That's why I said like, it could be our downfall. Mm-hmm. Versus the case, it's like you have all the goals lined up at the same time. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's very organized. Right. I never thought of it that way, but that's a good way to put it. It's right. just like, I have this goal for five years, this goal for three years, this goal for tomorrow, and I'm working towards all of them at the same time. Right, right. Simultaneously. I like that because... I can't multitask. <laughs> I try. I, I really fucking try, but it's just not for me. Like, I'm going to put my all into one thing first. That's why it's hard for me to do with school and creative stuff. Yeah. So, me now, I feel like I'm finding that balance mainly because I can see how being impulsive helps, helps me, but I can also see how it could, like, diminish everything that I've set out to do. So, um, do you feel like your emotions kind of like they build up over time or do you just you just kind of feel them and then act irrationally? Hmm. Let me think about that. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm very irrational. But also like I don't know. I feel like they build up. Like when I feel something like on my chest, I have to get it off. Mm-hmm. I cannot keep anything to myself. So I feel like, yeah, I'll say I'm irrational. Yeah, I'm definitely irrational. <laughs> I'm so irrational. Okay, but that's very interesting. That's very interesting. Now, so you already know moon deals with emotions and stuff like that. So we kind of touched on that a little bit. So what about your rising? Leo. Okay. Leo rising. <laughs> All fire, triple fire. You got triple the fire. best fire. Okay. I love a good Sag, but there's nothing better than Leo there. But, um, <laughs> so, literally, okay, so, how do you deal with all that? You are self-centered as hell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh I like it, though. I like it. But, because people are drawn to Leo Rises a lot. Really? Did you have, like, popularity in high school? Um, I don't know if I would say popular. But think about it. I was it. like, I just do. <laughs> okay, because I feel like whenever I make art, let me give you an example. Whenever I make art, it's more of like, I want to share how much love I actually have because people see me as so guarded, right? So when I share my art, it's like, this is a sensitive, emotional, or super dark parts of me, or whatever. So has your art influenced your way of like, loving, or like receiving the type of love that you want? The way I was interpreting your question at first Uh is I was thinking about like the way I write and think about things I usually write or things yeah. I usually paint. It's nature and it's people. That, so the yeah. things that I love, mm-hmm. I'm writing about, mm-hmm. I'm capturing in artwork. 
So for me, like creating itself is an act of love. Right. Like if I write a whole piece on you, a whole story on you, right. It's because I see something, right? Right. So it's like you could also. That's why I was interpreting your question. That 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 explained it more. Okay. You got my you you fit you catch my joke. Okay. Because you know because bitch would be it's the espresso. You know. Right. But yeah. But if either of those clicked anything, so I usually I make my art for myself. Mm-hmm. And if people like it, then that's good. That's an add on. Mm-hmm. So now I'm really like in this phase of my life, um, I don't want to say like gaining attention, mm-hmm. but more people have been telling me how they feel about my art. Getting your recognition. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I have to learn how to like accept those compliments. Go ahead. As a person, I just feel like myself, like. You know, you have to grow into yourself. I feel like I'm there. Mm-hmm. To me, I've hit it. Not peaked, but I feel like I'm very sure of myself, mm-hmm. very confident, and I don't really have any doubts anymore. Like in the beginning, mm-hmm. people really weren't paying attention. My family didn't really get it that much, mm-hmm. but now like everybody's like, okay, this is Brianna. This is what she does, mm-hmm. and like full support it really goes into my internal yeah and then I think it goes back out and how people see me if I'm more sure of myself yeah and that's crazy how confidence really attracts <clears throat> more recognition right because like when I would produce for other people I wouldn't get the response that I wanted I didn't like I I was fully doubting myself the entire fucking time I didn't have confidence in my work at all so Whenever I started to be more confident, be sure of myself, start actually executing the things that I said I was going to do or that I wrote down for myself to do, it, that's when the recognition came. So do you feel like you really hit your peak? No, no, no. I was about I to say, I, I don't think, I, I think you're <clears throat> rising to your peak. Yeah. Your I peak is going to be amazing. I don't think I peaked at all. Because mm-hmm. I, I really just turned 21. Yeah. In August. So I feel like, I have so much growth left, mm-hmm. but I think it's all up. Yeah. I hope I don't peak. That's what I'm saying. Who really wants to peak? Nobody wants to peak. Because the only thing that happens after the peak is a fall. It's a decline. Or a plateau, and then you're stuck at the same spot. Exactly. I just want to keep rising, right? I felt that. I felt that. I feel like as an artist in Louisiana, right, do you find yourself yearning for more? Like, because yes. I mean, it's Louisiana. Yeah. Yeah. Especially Baton Rouge. Mm-hmm. It's like, Baton Rouge is like an art city, but not really an art city. Yeah. Everywhere I go, it's just men. Mm-hmm. Straight men. Yeah. And I don't know, like, they think, like, this is their space. Yeah. They claimed it. Yeah. They ruled it. And they have to let you in. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I would grow much more if I went to a different space. Mm-hmm. Maybe even New Orleans. Yeah. But yeah, I feel like there's so much more than Baton Rouge. So much more. That was also like part of the start of being a renaissance is the same feeling of like, they think this is theirs mm-hmm. because they're the men. Yeah. And if it's my thing, if Be a Renaissance is mine, and I'm mm-hmm. the one doing the interviews and writing and putting mm-hmm. it together, right. I don't need you to invite me in. I'm right. inviting you in. Yeah. I get to decide who is even on the page, who's interacting with it. But it was more so like, 
sometimes being a woman and the artist, people don't take your work as seriously. Right. They see you, oh, you're a woman and you like art. Yeah. Yeah. You it's know like, something about cool. art. <laughs> that's cute that you like that. That, cute, <laughs> that you could like my art. Yeah. But it's like they don't realize that we are, what's the word? Damn. Not colleagues, but like peers. 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 Yeah. yeah, that's the word I was looking for. Um, so yeah, I definitely felt that, like, yeah. Yeah, don't talk to me like I'm less than, or like I haven't. Who are you really proving yourself to? God, Who are you really? <laughs> Imagine all the. I'm, I'm not gonna say no names, but like you know the men that we've met. <clears throat> you're 30, living with your parents, and you're telling me, you telling me, you telling me how to be an artist. You telling me how to like execute the way I should execute. Like what's gonna get me growth? Or what's and, gonna get me like? And doing such what? a different like. Um, everyone has their different outlets of art, their mm-hmm. different visions of what they want their art to look like. So even if it is an artist that you genuinely respect, sometimes like feedback is good. Collaboration, always wonderful. But right. at the end of the day, some of that comes from you yourself. So it's like if you, there's no reason to prove your art to anyone else because at the end of the day, it's your art. Is right. it what you wanted it to be? Then it's done. Exactly. You know what I mean? Um, but I feel like a lot of times we get caught up in like, well, this is what everyone else is doing or this is what they would like to see yeah. and like you said when you start producing work based on what you think other people want to see from you that's when you you i feel like you can almost sense the that's what stagnation starts to happen yes like, exactly like you start to feel it and you want to produce less mm-hmm. and then it gets less traction because it's almost like the it's felt it's mm-hmm. felt that's not what you're doing right um but then once you are more comfortable with yourself like you said you said no this is me this is my art this yeah. is what i'm gonna put out all mm-hmm. of a sudden that confidence is felt and it's like oh this is your art okay cool right. rather than just you're producing art right you're putting out work that goes into my next question too very perfectly um oh, wonderful. has being black queer and a woman affected your response and growth as an artist like when people let's say when someone comes up to you or something like that, and they're like, oh, you're the one who made this art or something like that. And then they're just so surprised by it. They're like surprised that a black queer woman was able to produce something good or something like that. Have you ever gotten that from anybody? I don't think I've ever gotten it. Okay. Cause I've gotten that a lot. You so have? Yeah. They're like, oh, you did this? Yeah. Like they question our intelligence like crazy. Mm-hmm. Like I just was- just yesterday. <laughs> like, I mean, come the fuck up. But I feel like, well, growth as an artist, do you feel like certain people perceive you a certain way, I would say, as an artist? Or do they try to keep you in a box, in a category, because yeah. like, you're queer I would say, black? I would say, like, um, the main thing, when people see my art, they're like, oh, this is Basquiat, because mm. that's the only other black contemporary artist they know. they know. And I guess some similarities, but like now, I don't really even see it mm-hmm. anymore. And I remember there was an instance where this girl was like, she'll, this white girl, she was like, she'll never have a successful art career because she's just stealing from Basquiat. I'm like, you're just saying that because that's the only other black artist you know. Right. There's a whole genre of art mm-hmm. 
like neo-expressionalism mm -hmm. and you're just saying that you see a black artist and you see another black artist and you're like oh they're similar when but they're not you're completely different yeah yeah i get that i get that what about you kaya <laughs> we got some experience on that question <laughs> i feel like for me especially because in the I'm only, I feel like I'm still new to showing my art mm -hmm. in that way. Like, a lot of the outlets I have worked in or know how to do, people don't even realize I do. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people that still don't even know I paint. Right. And that's like yeah. my main one. Right. But I feel like, especially lately, because I was adding in the academic side, mm -hmm. I incorporated my research into my art, for me, into my right. writing. And so I feel like that was... Like you said, like people would be surprised that it yeah. was me. Because again, like when you're a woman, when you're a black woman, when you're queer, you're in the mm -hmm. South, all these things are added on. You're young. Mm -hmm. All those things are added on. So people tend to assume that you know less than you do, mm -hmm. that you're less educated than you are. Yeah. And um, I feel like also a lot of people not in my life don't realize how seriously I've always taken being educated or like getting an education, doing research on my own, reading, writing, all this. Um, but so I feel like people just didn't know to what extent I had done research. Yeah. Partly because they weren't expecting it and then also I wasn't sharing it. So then once I started adding that into my writing and then sharing my writing and being like, no, this is what I've been studying. Right. This is what I know. And then um, how much I was writing, mm -hmm. they're like, no way you did this by yourself. This must have been one of the guys helping you. Or this was their idea. Maybe you're just helping them. Mm -hmm. Like, not even I'm getting help. Like, people a lot of times would assume I was just on the project as a group. But I was like, no, this is fully my project. Yeah. Right. I did everything. Right. This is mine. Right. And I feel like the response I got from that, unless it was someone that was in my life seeing the process step by step. Like, you were there from the jump. So you knew we had Renaissance, that's kind of. But for people that were just seeing the content, I guess. They're like, no way you did this by yourself. Like, why not? Like, why can't? Why not? <laughs> why not? Um, so yeah, that was the main thing for me. Yeah, I feel like mine. Well, we've talked about like my response and that my mm -hmm. perception, you know, how people perceive me or whatever. So it's very much like ditzy, mm -hmm. stupid, sexual. Like it's always all of those things. Like yeah. people perceive me to be like. A groupie girl, or like someone that's gonna kiss their ass, or something. Can I, say, can I say? Because we <laughs> like, talked about this so much, where we would be in creative spaces, mm -hmm. and that was the perception that mm -hmm. we're here because we know the guys. It's mm -hmm. like, no, we're also artists. Like yeah. you're not hearing us. Exactly. So I feel like that's where a lot of the surprise comes from. It's like, oh, I knew you were like in the art scene, but I know you did stuff. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Why do you think I was there? Just <laughs> like y'all think I'm just eye candy? Just for a fun. <laughs> No, we, like that was a big frustration, especially once mm -hmm. you start realizing that that's how you're being perceived. I was mm -hmm. like, no, no, we are right. intellectuals, we are creative. But anyways, continue your thought. No, I just was gonna say, I also like this is this is how it affected my growth as an artist because okay. the men that come in, like, of course you have to quote unquote get the stamp of approval from the men of the scene or whatever or something like that. So. I feel like this is how it really affected me because some guys would come up and be like, oh, I want to collab or oh, I want to do this, I want to do that with you, but the whole time they're trying to have sex. And then if you don't give it to them, you're no longer worthy of the collab anymore. You're mm -hmm. no longer worthy of like 
being a part of this super cool project or something like that. But it's just like, did I really want to be a part of that shit? And then once it's executed, it would have been way better if I was on it. <laughs> That's all I got to say. So it's just like, I, I that affected my growth as an artist because you would think, you know, oh, okay, I got this opportunity. Let me bring this in. Like, I'm about to do some crazy ass shit. And then once you turn down some type of date, turn down like, oh, don't touch me. Like, mm -hmm. it's always something. And that affects your growth. Like, it really does because you're over here telling. You're probably excited, told somebody else about it. And you're just like, oh, I'm not doing that anymore. You don't hold your word. You don't actually do shit. You just say you're gonna do shit and never follow through with it. I'm mm, like, yeah, okay. I'm like, all right, cool. I feel like That's why I keep my mouth shut now. Mm, I feel yeah. like I haven't done too much collabing, so I haven't had that as much. Mm -hmm. Um, but I feel like that's why I haven't collabed. Mm -hmm. Right? Is I decided I was gonna. I wanted to make something that was completely my own. To be like, okay, because I would constantly be talking about it, right? Mm -hmm. I'd be like, I'm seeing all these connections. I have all these thoughts, these ideas. And I was like, this would be a really cool thing. But I felt like I wasn't really being taken seriously. Mm -hmm. And I was like, fine, I'm going to show you. And I'm going to do it by myself because none of y'all were believing in me. <laughs> <laughs> but like, there definitely were people that supported me from the gym. Yeah, but definitely. I did feel like I need to do this on my own because... I'm not being taken serious as an art artist, and I don't know who, it might have even been you, that we were talking about in the very early days of your renaissance, and I was like, why is no one understanding that I'm a writer? Or like, why are they not seeing what I see in myself? And you're like, well, you haven't shown anyone anything yet. Mm -hmm. Because I had never sh shared my writing, my paintings, pictures, none of that. Mm -hmm. And I was like, damn, they're right. And so I was yeah. like, okay, let me show them then. Let me put something together. And then right. if I'm gonna put something together, I'm, I want to do it well. Right. And so then that's why I spent a whole year and a half on right. this. And you know, the main thing I always say a lot, I say it on Twitter, I say it on every platform that I have. Like, I don't do this shit to prove people wrong. Mm -hmm. I prove myself right every fucking time. Yeah, so like, I could like, do this. Yeah. I could do this. Exactly. And I'm like, I really don't need you here. Mm -hmm. Some people who collab, like, that shit just, is just meshed very well. Mm -hmm. And, like, yeah. it's meant to be. Like, it's a perfect pairing. But... Some people you just can't do it with, even though they check. Um, I was gonna say, like, in terms of collabing, like, I love collaborations, but you have to be so intentional on who you're collabing with because yes. if the other artist doesn't genuinely respect you, not just as an artist, but as a person, right. that's when you start to see the difference in how they're treating you for being a black queer woman. If they don't respect that, that's gonna show through in the collab. Exactly. If they don't see you as an artist, that's gonna show through in the collab. If maybe they see you as an artist, they want you on there, but maybe in a certain way. Maybe they just want you to be shown that you're collabing. Yeah. Like, oh, we work with Malou. But do they actually care about your vision in the collab? All yeah. those things, you have to be so intentional about your, like, when you collab with people. And I feel like that's when you've had collabs fall through. Because yeah. that genuine, I respect you as an artist and I want your input. Yeah. Not just I want your name on this or I want you to give me this piece that I can't do on my own. Oh, I want a poem, but I don't really respect your work as a poet. Right. That's when I would show through. So it's exactly. like the, the genuine aspect, the respect, mm -hmm. that's very important in collabs. And I feel like sometimes that's missed because we're, one, I feel like in this era of social media, everyone's just trying to produce so much mm -hmm. that sometimes it's like, okay, if I could collab with them, collab with them, collab with them, put it together. Then I have, exactly. Someone. But if you don't genuinely see that artist of like, I really, I fuck with their work and I respect mm -hmm. them as a person, an artist, 
You have no business collabing with them. None. Stay out there, DMs, please. Facts. <laughs> like, you yeah. have experience with that. Mm, let them know. Yeah. Let them know. I think that's why I started Yano Fest. Because mm-hmm. I don't have to go into your space. I can just yes. make my own. Yes. So, and I think I'm pretty sure I'm like the only woman in the city curating events, having wow. events. Wait, say that one more time, just in case the mic didn't pick it up. What'd you say? <laughs> Yo. I think I'm the only woman in the city curating events, doing things. Because everywhere we go, it's like, okay, these guys are cool, but they're much older. Mm-hmm. They're very clicked up. Mm-hmm. Always outnumbered. Outnumbered. And yeah. I feel like Damn. I'm not always 100% comfortable in those environments that I go into. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll go to a pop-up or something, and it's like 70% men. Yeah. A couple women here and there. And, yeah, I feel like Baton Rouge is just very male-dominated artistically. Mm-hmm. There has to be, like, I know, like, my Yana Fest lineup is mostly men. Yeah. I just cannot find the women mm-hmm. who make the art. Like, I know they have to be in the city. Right. I just don't know where are they. You know I had the same experience when I was finding people to interview mm-hmm. of like, I know there's more women making art doing things, yeah, I but I, I would ask people, oh, can I interview? Anytime I asked a guy if I can interview them, they were like, for sure, yes. I'm an artist. Let me tell you all about it. But I would ask a woman, I was like, I see what you're doing. Can I interview? And they're like, oh, I don't really know if I'm really an artist or like if I could really share because again, we're not taken seriously. So then when someone mm-hmm. does take you seriously, mm-hmm. most of the women I've asked to interview were like, really? Me? And I was like, look at all the things you're doing. doing. Like, that's crazy. So it's like, I imagine you, that's the same thing happening with Yonifest of like, you're trying to find female artists or musicians or creators or, you know, fashion designers, you know, vendors. And there's women doing it, but they're not seeing themselves as doing it. Yeah. So they don't feel like they could step up to Yonifest to enter as someone in the lineup, but really they can. Mm-hmm. But because we're in a male dominated scene yeah it's like oh well that's for them and i'm gonna go and i'm gonna support yana but they don't realize they could be on the lineup as well yeah right yeah i really do think like you know you're the only one curating events and stuff like that and that definitely inspired me personally because i've always loved event planning and stuff like that but i was like there's nowhere to start and like you said male dominated industry and all this type of stuff so i feel like you being the front runner right now is inspiring a lot of people to do it or to like embrace that part of themselves. So I'm just like, somebody always has to lead the way, right? So mm-hmm. I think a lot of women are seeing that and that's why your work and everything that you do is so important because like, I think you really put on for BR and your shit is free all the time. True. Like you don't care about the the, the, the materialism yeah. and everything like that. Like. Is different for you. You get a different feel from it. Yeah, because like I've gone to events and they have vendors and stuff, but you have to pay $15, $20 to get through the door. Mm-hmm. Nobody's going to buy from the vendors now. Exactly. Because they just spent their money getting in the event and mm-hmm. now they just stand around, smoke weed, listen to the same music. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, that's fine if that's your thing, but there's different things that could be offered right. to Where's the city. Yeah. Every event is the same, no matter who puts it together. It's literally the same venue, mm-hmm. same DJ. Mm-hmm. It's all, it's like 
they're doing the same event over and over again. Right. So. I felt that. That's why we need you. <laughs> the culture needs you. And I can't wait because literally, have you ever watched Insecure? I watched like half of one episode. Oh, that's the very last episode, she's um, she does performance art and everything like that. So she does the event planning part. She gets the artists. She gets the vendors. She gets everything sorted out. That's mm-hmm. what Lisa Ray does in her work. And I've always been very inspired by that because ultimately down the line, I want my own nonprofit and that's the type of work that I want to produce or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I feel like you're already in that that beginning stage of producing something crazy for Louisiana eventually. I see a lot for you in your future. Like think of where Yonifest could go. Exactly. It could be the next Essence Fest. No cap. That would be cool. That would mm-hmm. be cool. They big, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, how do you, do you see yourself like, like, how big do you see yourself in the future? I don't know. I've said before, like, household name mm-hmm. status. I feel like a lot of artists say that. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to say these things without being, like, conceited mm-hmm. or coming off the wrong way. But I just have this very, I'm very sure mm-hmm. of myself. And as long as I just don't quit, mm-hmm. I feel like I can go very far. Yeah. What I do, it's just something about it. Like I don't know. It's like Artists an inside feeling. Conceited. Yeah, but think about it. You can't be too conceited because mm-hmm. then you're being like, oh, she thinks she's better than me. Mm-hmm. Oh, like some artists, even in Baton Rouge, they're like, oh, I'm an artist. This is what I do. You're below me. I can help you, mm-hmm. but yeah, can you help me? Like it's like you're taking me under your right. wing. Yeah, that's but we do the same that, thing. Under the wing. Right, yeah. right. So like, you not even see me as your equal at this point. Yeah, so it's like you have to have this humbleness, mm-hmm. and but also be very confident in yourself. Right. You feel like the whole concept of people taking you under the wing or feeling like that's what they're doing is from you being a woman. Sometimes. Yeah, and me being young. Young, mm-hmm. true. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's very true. When I say, like, artists should be conceited, I mean it in a way of, like, the world already tells us we're not going to make shit without, like, the shit yeah. Like, they already tell us, like, you should be doing something else. Yeah. This is not important. There's other work that should be done. I'm like, no, this shit is important. Yeah. Like, this is, like, therapy to a lot of people. It's therapy to me. So it's, like, I don't know. I I've, I take, well, people, when people say I'm conceited, I definitely just think, like, you're intimidated by my confidence. Yeah. So that's why I say we have to be a little conceited. But that humbleness, that's that is what separates a great fucking artist from like a fraud. Cause people treat art like it's a hobby. Mm-hmm. Like, no, this is what I do. Right. I'm not in school. Mm-hmm. I don't have a job. Right. If I need money and to get my bills paid, mm-hmm. I have to make art. Right. That people like. Mm-hmm. So whether that be like a T-shirt, a print, right. this is my career. Right. So, how do you balance like commercialism and authenticity? Yeah. Care about. So like, now I'm focusing on making art that I'm more passionate about, mm-hmm. that I actually care about, instead of just something. Oh, this took me 15 minutes to do on Photoshop, and it made a lot of money. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like in the past, more personal things that I've dropped have not done well. Mm-hmm. opposed to the college shirts but I also didn't want to stick myself in a box 
Yeah. I mean, like, that's what she does. Like, that's the only thing that she does. Mm-hmm. She makes college t-shirts, and that's, like, everything else is extra. Right. So, like, I've really pulled back on that lately. Mm-hmm. And finding a good balance of how I want to represent myself right. and people perceive me. Interesting. Okay, before we get into the last topic, I think you would really benefit from watching uh, The Hype on HBO Max. I do watch it. You watch it? Yeah. Snaps all around. Because it's like whenever on the second season they said something about like the staple is the t-shirt, mm-hmm. right? Like Virgil started with a t-shirt. Yeah. Everybody starts their brand with, with a, t-shirt. a good t-shirt. And that's the epitome of streetwear. If you don't have a good tee, nothing else really going to work. Or like a good accessory, a good statement. And I feel like a t-shirt is an easier way to make a statement. So I like that, you know, you were able to kind of like make multiple good t-shirts because now people can see your duality within them. Mm -hmm. Like if you look at your graphics and stuff like that, I feel like there's a lot of range there. So I know you don't want to be labeled as a t-shirt thing. But people can see that you can take it much farther than a t-shirt. So people who just see you as a t-shirt brand just don't know who the fuck you are. Yeah. yeah. So that's really what it is. I feel like me knowing like at least somewhat, I feel like I've been here for a good minute. Uh, you know, the Yana journey, I feel like, you know. Yeah. Um, I feel like I've been there in the beginning phases at least. So it's like. Yeah, you were there like right, right when it started picking up. I remember. Right. My free pop-up. Mm-hmm. That's where we met. Yeah. But you had already been supporting. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that time last year is when it really started, you know, getting motion. Yeah. So I like that. I like that, you know, seeing where you are now and how mm-hmm. confident and how much you're growing into yourself, at least. I, I can see it. I can see it. Do you feel like you still got work to do? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think so. I say, I like to say every day I'm trying to be better than I was yeah. the day before. Mm-hmm. So I'm all about personal growth and meditation and betterment of self. And discernment, mm-hmm. all of the things. Communication. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to be the best version of myself. So I think there's always going to be growth. Yeah, period. You can't stop evolving. No. Like, yeah. All right. Um. So family structure. Kai, you want to come in with this one? Okay, so... You briefly mentioned it earlier in the in our conversation, but with being an artist and especially family has a hard time understanding that sometimes. Yeah. And again, I feel like especially black families, they they tell you go be a doctor, go to college, go yeah. do something that you're gonna make money. Like that's tends to be what artists are told in general, and then especially as a young black person. Um, and so you mentioned earlier, like at first your family didn't really understand, mm-hmm. but whether it's because you picked up traction or maybe you just really committed yourself to it, like you saying, I'm not going to college, I'm, this is what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, eventually they kind of have to be like, all right, this is what you're going to do. They can either just support it or not. So how has that kind of evolved in your family dynamic or like with your family structure? Hmm. I grew up in like a very traditional black Southern household. Like my dad goes to work six days a week. My mom stay home mom, takes care of the kids, cooks, cleans. But I feel like that is like, I don't know the gender roles types of things. They never really spoke to me, but that's my foundation where I came from. So then when I went to college, I was a criminal justice student. I was gonna try to do the law school path at Southern, HBCU, all of that. And then I was like, I just can't. 
I was super depressed and everything. So I was like, I just can't keep doing school. And then I really took that time to focus on my art. And at first, I've always been a quitter. So like I do something mm-hmm. and then I quit a couple weeks later or a couple months later. But I feel like when I really stuck in it for, it's been like two years now, mm-hmm. they really saw my passion and how, you know, I might have a breakdown about this not working out or this not working out, but I'm gonna solve the problem eventually. Mm-hmm. So I think once they saw me being really serious about it and how, I don't wanna say how profitable it could be. Cause you know, some people are like, oh, my family started supporting when the money came in. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't describe my experiences that. Well, just once they saw, okay. Like maybe the potential? Yeah, the potential, like this could actually be a career. The starving artist trope might not be true 100% of the time. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I like that. I like that a lot. My mom, hell no. She don't get it. Like, <laughs> I, I just, I mean, coming to college, she automatically just think I'm about to have a 100K salary job. I'm first generation, so it's obviously they have that in their mind. It's like, okay, you could It's college, a disconnect. You it's do good. it, you know? Yeah. I got the major that you have to go to grad school for because you ain't gonna make money as soon as I get out of like psychology majors, bachelors, you're not about to make no fucking money. So I think now what I'm trying to like do the podcast or trying to write a book and do all these type of things, my mom just doesn't get it. She's like, okay, mm-hmm. you go to college, focus on this, focus on the, the practical path. And I'm like, I can't just focus on practical because you know me my whole life. When have I ever just focus on, you know, what's gonna make me money. No, mm-hmm. what's gonna, first of all, this sound vain as shit, but what's gonna make me famous? <laughs> like, I honestly, like that's always been my thing. Like, I want to be remembered so badly sometimes because I don't see my, I never saw myself getting to this point of my life. Mm-hmm. So whenever my parents doubt me or something like that, it just, it kind of fuels me to keep going a little bit more because mm-hmm. they just truly don't get it. So I like that your family, like, even though they, like you said, they didn't wait till the money came in to start supporting, but they, they're just like, okay, I can see it now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My parents still don't see it now. Yeah. So it's like, they, they probably won't until I'm big enough for them to see it. I feel like I got lucky in that sense because I came from a very artistic family. Mm-hmm. So it's like my mom's the one that taught me how to paint, how to do ceramics, how to draw, how to sketch. Yeah. like all of that like that came from my mom how to dance mm-hmm. like my mom was both my art teacher and my dance teacher at one point and so when I was like I want to start doing art stuff or I would just show her my art she was like oh yeah this is great mm-hmm. and um like when I really started getting into BR Renaissance and it switched from this would be a cool idea if someone could do this or if I could do this too here's my work this is what I am doing or like me changing my thesis topic I changed my entire research focus to focus on art and the creative scene here that was a risk because they could have been like this is I wasn't I was basically collecting the data and research on my own right so it was like me but for me I was lucky in the sense that because my mom is also an artist she I didn't really have that conversation of like 
trying to validate art in a way. Mm -hmm. um, and so even when I did start Be A Renaissance, she was like, so what are you gonna do with that afterwards? Mm -hmm. What are you, where are you, where are you gonna take this? Right. You, you know you could do something with this. You could mm -hmm. grow it, you could get money from it, you could build it, you could continue it forever. You should do it in Memphis. Like she had more ideas than me. And I was like, damn, okay, yeah, let's right. do that. Um, so I, I was just lucky in that sense. And then like my siblings all do art. Right. Like generations of my family have been doing art. Yeah. Um, so I was just kind of always exposed to that kind of art is life yeah. <laughs> mentality. Right. So. And it's crazy because I was like, you know, my grandpa or whatever, obviously, mm -hmm. I talk mm -hmm. about him all the time. Mm -hmm. Like, he's the one person in my life that like influenced me to keep doing this. Most artistic person I've ever met, most creative person I've ever met, plays drums, trumpet, paints, sketches. He's a sports guy, athletic, so he's just everything in one. But most of my people, they didn't, they didn't do art. They focus on sports and what was gonna make them money. Mm -hmm. Everybody in my house, everybody in my family has done a sport. Like, and I'm the only one that didn't. <laughs> so I find that very interesting. So I feel like athletics and physical health was my life. Mm -hmm. And that's why most of my mom's side of the family are doctors and why I wanted to be a doctor. But at the end of the day, um, they kind of see me as an, anom an anom anomaly mm -hmm. now because it's like you were going to take that route. Now you're not. Now you don't know what the fuck you're going to do. Now you just starting projects and not finishing them. Now you're just doing this. So it's like I get a lot of doubt, a lot mm -hmm. in my head and also from them. But my grandpa has never doubted me. Any route that I take, anything, like he taught me how to sketch. You know, yeah, stay dog. Like he taught me how to paint. Like that shit ain't stay either. Because everybody else in my head saying you can't do shit with this. Yeah. That's why I focused on academics for such a long time. Yeah. And when I started smoking weed, it all faded away. But um, yeah, I just like that people who grow up in these very artistic like spaces and like that type of family structure because it's very free spirited. It's very much like you can accomplish anything. Like you can do whatever you want. Don't have that you know monetization as your main focus. So I think that's very important because. It's hard breaking out of a capitalistic mindset, mm -hmm. especially so when your family's so adamant on it. Even me, like typically my goals for my art or my writing or like any project I have in mind. And when we talk about like success and like the goal with that, mm -hmm. like I'm at the point now, I'm just now starting to be like, now I would like to see my career be something creative. Right. I never really considered it before because my art was always just very much for myself. Mm -hmm. But now I'm seeing, okay, well, if it's my career, then I can just fully focus on that. Because mm -hmm. I was always saying, I don't really care if I made money off of it or even had eyes on it sometimes. VR Renaissance was the first time that I even saw that type of engagement. Yeah. Um, and so my goal for art or writing was always, can I capture what's in my head correctly? Okay, right. done. Um, versus wanting to reach a certain level of like fame or money. But I feel mm -hmm. like it's because I grew up with a bunch of artists that I was just like, I just want to do this. This looks fun. Yeah. Rather than like, oh, this is going to be how I, I make it right. in life. But now I'm saying you could you could still have the best of both. Yeah. You know, and still like be, what's the word, sustainable. Yeah. You know? Right. I also think it helped because I have a cousin who's an artist. I talk about her all the time, but. She has like a pretty, I would say a big following, at least around New Orleans. I know your cousin. Yeah, so having her in the family mm -hmm. helped a lot because my family sees, oh, she wrote a, a book that's like number one on Amazon. Mm -hmm. She has these paintings, she did this contest, she's making a living 
but also she has a full-time job in healthcare. Mm-hmm. So they're like, okay, you can go to college. You can get a degree. You can have a job and you can be an artist. Mm-hmm. So like duality. That's where my family or my mom at least, mm-hmm. she always talks about security. Yeah. She's like, I don't care what you do. It's always like when I'm gone, when your dad is gone, you can, you can live on your own. Like mm-hmm. you, you should be set. So she thinks college is the, you the, know, the best way to get stability. Old school parents, they think you go to college, you're set. And you're set. And I'm like, that's not necessarily true no, at all. Most people don't even work in their major. So I try to tell her, but I also never took advice from people. Even when I was, when I was younger, like people tell me, I've always been very self I guess you could say self, yeah, self motivated. Like, I'm not gonna do what everybody else is doing, or you can you can suggest this. Mm-hmm. I probably won't do it. So, <laughs> even if they tell me, like my parents tell me, when I dropped out of school, they didn't even know. I just didn't register for the next semester. Mm-hmm. I took my finals. I went home. I was like, I never registered. <laughs> and what can you do? It's too late now. Say <laughs> <laughs> so when you gotta move back in. When you gotta move back in. Oh, I don't. <laughs> so like, and I was like, oh, it's just one semester. I'll be back. But then COVID happened mm-hmm. right after I dropped out. So that one semester, it's been three years. Mm-hmm. And every time I try to get back into college, something stops me. Mm-hmm. Like there's some kind of roadblock. So I'm like, maybe this is not my path, and I should stop fighting it. Because mm. obviously something is saying, hey, this is not what you need to do. Like, I've applied back to school every single semester that I've been out. And something has stopped it. So after the last semester, um, I just, you know, I was like, this isn't my path. Because I even applied to LSU. Mm-hmm. And I was in contact with the um, director of the art school mm-hmm. and everything. And I still got rejected. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay. Now I'm gonna go 100% in my art. This isn't my focus anymore. I'm trying to get into school, so I, I feel like people try to fight. They yeah. think this is the path that you need to be on, and you keep getting all these roadblocks. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, I'm just gonna go over this mm-hmm. obstacle, and they really try to like spearhead their way through it. Yeah. But Push sometimes that's the universe yeah. telling you it's not this isn't you. the road you it's need to take. You. Yeah. So I stopped trying to fight it, and I've been you know, doing my own thing. And I feel like it's, that's crazy. Even like seeing like the switch in your work or like the attention your work has gotten once you stop fighting it. Mm-hmm. And like now things really are picking up for you. Or at least it seems like it from the outside. Um, and like, you know, Yana Fest is about to go crazy this year. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, once you are like fully, okay, this is what I'm doing. All your attention, all your energy is on mm-hmm. that. And then looking at the growth, so it's like, yeah, you were blocked because think of how much energy college takes from you, how much time, how much mm-hmm. money, how much emotion, Stress, all that would take away from your time that you would have to create your energy to create your inspiration to create yeah. your desire sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so it's like all of that, like you simply wouldn't be able to put out the same amount or quality of work yeah. at the end of the day. Right. And so it's like God was looking out for you. 
yeah. you were listening to him. And that's the, that's the key. Yeah. Because like you said, we try to push through all these roadblocks. And sometimes the roadblocks are there for a reason. Exactly. They're there for a reason. Especially when it's repeated every semester. I didn't mm-hmm. realize you have been replying every semester. Like, yes. That. Yeah. Summer. For sure. It was always something like. Southern was like, oh, you owe $4,000. And I tried to go to Southeastern. Mm-hmm. And then I couldn't find somewhere to live. Mm-hmm. And then tried to get back into Southern. And they were like, oh, you can't do a payment plan anymore. I'm like, how am I supposed to have this money for y'all? You know? Yeah. So, and then, like, my tops fell through. Yeah. I never got my tops. So I was like, hey, it's every semester. This is obviously a sign. Mm-hmm. I need to just, you know, go the other route and maybe oh, find. Towards this. Yeah. And I feel like people can tell mm-hmm. when you're putting all your attention and care into your work like i see art that people put out i'm like oh you didn't even try like this is lazy yeah mm. you you don't care about what you put out right. i feel like people can see how much effort i put into what i uh, make mm-hmm. and that's where the support comes in yeah. because you see somebody oh she's really doing this this is what she cares about i may as well support her like okay right so switch it over to the podcast. That's when people started to see all the effort I actually <laughs> was putting in. Niggas was like, okay, you do all this shit. Like, pick one, bitch. And I'm like, okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll pick one. I'll pick one, actually. Uh, so I'm grateful for that, at least. Oh, my gosh. But that was a very insightful conversation. Very real, very honest. I appreciate it. Um, so we're going to close out today. Y'all want to put Instagrams or something okay. into there. That's you go first. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. Um, Brianna.Nicole, B-R-I-Y-A-N-A.N-I-C-O-L-E. Mm-hmm. On Instagram is where I'm most active. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much where I post all my art and Yonafis updates and everything. So. Um, and then my Instagram is Kaya Lewis underscore K A Y A L E W I S underscore. And then the BR Renaissance is still in like my bio and social food as well. Shout out to social food. Yeah. Um, yes, I love social food. Yeah, we love social food. Shout out to Ugo. Yeah, shout out to bro. Mm-hmm. But what is it giving? I think it's giving confidence. That's a good one. Mm. I like to say my word right now is fulfillment. Fulfillment. It's giving fulfillment. It's giving fulfillment. Yeah. And what else are we talking about today? Contentment. It's giving contentment. contentment. It's mm. giving contentment. Yeah, I, I fuck with that. I like that a lot. You know what else is giving? Real wholesome you know what else is giving? Like, it's giving passion. It's giving. Yes. Fuck it's giving passion. passion. Yeah, yeah. we passionate, bro. Let's go. Yeah. So, shout out to every BR native, Louisiana creative. Also, the South Dakotians over here. <laughs> Shout out to them niggas. Yeah, we fuck with y'all. Memphis, M-Town. Okay. But uh, that is all for today, y'all. I love y'all. I'll see y'all next week. And thank you for coming. Goodbye. Bye.